Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 185 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. I was told I'm supposed to say host because I am the host. So I am the host, Nick Madsen. Today, the topic for today is to each their own. And I want to highlight that these are, we're going to talk about two different ranches. And the ranches are both uh, private hunting units in the state of Utah, CWMUs, and there's two different philosophies. I'm not saying one is better than the other, I'm just saying I like one a little better than the other. And I think that the one has a, a different approach. They brought in multiple people to enhance their operation and maximize the land use that makes it beneficial for not only their cattle operation, but their wildlife. Where the other one is more focused on cattle, and they would actually like to do away with wildlife, which is interesting. I mean, teach their own. So the one ranch that uh, I've been on and I've talked to them, they have this, I guess, holistic approach where they look at everything on their property and find ways to not only financially benefit from it, but also help the land so they're not stressing the land, stressing the cattle, stressing the wildlife. And they have a multitude of wildlife. They are a very large ranch with different things. They are a fairly large cattle ranch, and they have a different approach than uh, most of the ranches that I've seen around here. They come in and they create multiple pastures, and those pastures are, when they're grazed, they're very high intensity meaning they bring in a bunch of cattle, put them on a small piece of land, and they graze them, and they graze off 80, 85, 90% of the cover. But then what's interesting is they immediately move them off, and they don't come back to that area for over four years. And so they are able to move their cattle around to a lower area country that's got a lot of sagebrush, but also up into the aspens, the pines, and they are just moving them everywhere in certain areas that they're worried about some um, growth coming in that's maybe invasive. They'll bring in even sheep into this area, especially when it's too steep for the cattle to get in. And so they are more of what I would call a holistic approach. They're moving these animals. But then when it comes to wildlife... They love their wildlife. They have set up uh, this unit in such a way that they can maximize the amount of animals on there. They are very tolerant of the, of the animals. And they are very well financially compensated for that. Now, I was just reading Sand County Almanac, and Elder Leopold talked about uh, a stewardship over the land we should not be doing for economic benefit we should be doing it for the moral reasons. They should exist because we should uh, let them be on our land because they were here on the land before. And just talking about being a good steward. I, I hate to say it, but I think that day and age of just doing it for moral reasons, if it was ever done, is now gone and probably never coming back. A lot of people, me included, you know, we don't want to do anything unless we're financially compensated. And so... The economic benefits of wildlife being on their ranch have been very beneficial to them, allowed them to work with a whole host of different partnerships that has been very financially beneficial for them. Uh, I'm okay with that. 
uh, anything that's going to promote wildlife and the opportunity to see wildlife and wildlife to be here, I, I'm going to promote it. Now, there are things out there or organizations out there that are trying to do away with sportsmen's rights. And I think they have a, a point of view that's different from mine. But if we could all work together, uh, there is going to be a greater benefit for wildlife. Now, I don't know what it's like uh, looking forward, working with organizations that are actively working against sportsmen, but I would rather have them fighting over wildlife now than fighting about the fact that we didn't do anything for wildlife later on. I guess that's kind of my take on the view. And so these guys are, are really good to work with. Uh, they allow a bunch of studies to be done on their property. They're constantly, they're constantly working with biologists. They have their own biologist, and it's just an awesome operation. Now you've got another ranch that I just recently visited. And while I was on the ranch, a gentleman drives up to us and goes, what are we going to do about these dang elk? How do we get rid of them? And it just made me chuckle. Because you go from that ranch, which is very holistic, and they want elk on their property. They want mule deer. They, if they could get bighorn sheep, they would want them. They want moose. They want mountain goats if they could get them. They have pronghorn. They have sage grouse. They have grouse, sharp tail grouse. They have all these things, and they're just excited. And this other ranch, they are more focused on the cattle and how everything should be given to the cattle they uh tolerate wildlife just because they are a private hunting unit a cwmu but if they weren't they would be a lot less likely to tolerate and it and it could be a generational idea uh, the gentleman that i was having a conversation was a little bit older it could be a, a generational thing where elk um in the 20s and 30s and 40s weren't as popular here in Utah. And so when they started uh, transplanting him here and moving him to different locations, a lot of the ranchers got upset because they now had, they dealt with uh, wolves before, they got rid of them. They dealt with bears, they got rid of them, and now they're having to deal with elk. And they just see them as a problem. And that's the, one of the things that I noticed. The amount of effort, though, when I left there, the amount of effort that goes into raising cattle, it just makes me laugh that this gentleman would say something like that. So for every steer they sell, it's roughly around 1500 bucks, And the amount of work that goes into working with cattle is just crazy. So there are a lot of issues. You've got to make sure that you've got enough range for your cattle. So you've got to pay for that. You've got to pay for the man hours to move the cattle. You've got to have the equipment to do them. So you turn them out onto your range. You've got to have all your fences to make sure that they're not getting out going onto your neighbors because that doesn't make for good neighbors. Good fences make for good neighbors. So you've got to have the man hours going that. And then you've got cattle that constantly want to move out of areas and don't want to stay. So you've you got your problematic cattle that you've got to continue to push back into your range, your area that you're trying to graze off. You've got all the hay equipment and all the different man hours for all the different things, both summer and winter, go into these cattle. And 
the end of it, you're getting $1,500 for that all the amount of effort that you put in for it. Elk, on the other hand, they just exist. They're wildlife. They're on your property. You have good property. You have good stands of aspen. You have good stands uh, of pines, those deep, thick Douglas firs. And you've got a bunch of junipers. And you've just got a good amount of water. And you've got high amounts of grasses and forbs. And the elk just live there. They survive. Now, ultimately, they are cutting down on the amount of uh, AMUs, animal monthly units, I think, AUMs, AMUs. And you're cutting down on the amount that you can bring on the range. And that is where the issue comes with this guy. He wants to bring in as many cattle as possible so he can make as much money as possible. But he doesn't look at the elk as a way to be financially beneficial. And he looks at wildlife as non-beneficial, so much so that I was noticed something, and then the biologist pointed out to me when I was with him, that they have sprayed so much of their ground, they are killing off all the shrubs, all the sagebrush, the bitterbrush, the snowberry, all those different things. They're just Their whole goal is to wipe it out and turn it into a massive grassy area for their cattle so they can bring more cattle in and so they are less of a holistic more uh, they more they want i guess like a monoculture where they could whatever the cows are going to eat that's whatever their cattle are going to eat that's exactly what they want they don't want anything more because they don't want anything else on their property what's interesting is the more they promote the grasses the more they bring in the elk because they basically eat the exact same thing. The one problem that makes me sad when I see the amount of spraying they've done and the weeds that they have killed is they're going away from that holistic approach of working with wildlife to now working against. This is an area that struggles greatly with the uh, mule deer. You've got cold temperatures, deep snows, long winters, and just a lack of forage. And now you've got 20,000 acres that are getting sprayed, reducing even more forage. And so it is what it is uh, to each their own. I just know that you've got a cow worth 1,500 and an elk worth between 15 and 20,000 based upon uh, the growth and the amount of nutrients and how everything else is going on that property. And so it takes a, a lot of a lot of cattle to equal the cost of one elk. And so I, I wish that there was more of a thought process when it comes to working with wildlife, realizing they can be a benefit to your operation versus going against it and hurting it. So teach their own. You guys have a great day. Stay wild.